0: Welcome back. I know it's been a pretty long hiatus here for this UFC pod, but we are back this week, baby. It's finally time to return to the Octagon. We've got a little fight night, a little appetizer before we uh, go on and, and have a good, uh, good, really, really good pay-per-view next weekend. So um, let's go ahead and without further ado, jump right in here. I've got my man Will um Will over here just helping us out with the UFC picks as always. So let's go ahead and kick it off, dude. What are what are, what are we feeling here?
1: All right. So once again, I've missed UFC so much. So I'm going full degenerate mode. Uh, I'm gonna bet on every single fight. Once again, I uh, gotta make the most of the one fight night a week. So for first fight, I love Charles Rosa. I know he's coming in super short notice. Uh, he got. Three days notice to come in here, but um, I, I love this platform. He's a pretty heavy underdog, but they bumped up the fight so that he could still make weight and not have to cut. Um, trend that I I think Joey sent me. Every single time that he has lost, he's won his next fight. Yep. <laughs> for the last eleven fights, and I'm a sucker for trends like that. Um, so. One of the biggest things for me here is they're both submission-oriented fighters. Um, Brown has been submitted more times than Rosa has, so there are definite gaps that Rosa can exploit. Uh, I think he can get it to the ground and just kind of hold him there for two rounds and be able to steal at least a decision. So I'm just going to back him. Small play, one unit on Rosa money line, plus 190.
0: I'm going two on him. I like this spot for him a lot. Um, I'm pretty much on the same thought process here, but one of the things I really do like about this one is that TJ was not planning to fight a BJJ guy like Rosa. Um, so kind of his game plan gets finished. You're not sure what the training is. I think that one pretty levels out and Rosa has an advantage on the feet. Um, I like his ability to just hang on the ground if it goes there. But Rosa's a little bit better on the feet in terms of uh, accuracy. Um, it just it, – it lends its uh, – plus 200 I think is a ridiculous number considering there's not a weight cut issue. Um, I like Rosa. I'm going to put two on him. Um, just think it's it's definitely the right side. I think this is way more of a pick em than minus 240 and plus 200 leads you to believe. For sure.
1: Uh, We can kick it to the next fight. We got Brian Kelleher versus Kevin Kroom. Another super short notice fight. Um, The odds haven't even been finalized for it as of Friday at 3 o'clock. Kroom's stepping in in a weird kind of matchup. He's going to be 5 inches taller. He's got 7-inch reach advantage. Um, And he's going to weigh 10 pounds more than Kelleher will. So, kind of a tough one to size up to begin with. But... With how Keller fights, you kind of have to imagine that it's going to be all or nothing for him. He's going to be diving in, lunging in, trying to close that gap and leave himself open to counters, open to takedowns. And I think Kroon can get it to the mat and hold it there. Um, He's got good submission game, so he could theoretically try and hunt for a finish. Um, But I I don't see Kroon getting finished in this fight. I know it's crazy to back two short-notice underdogs in a row, but we're rocking with it. We're going to do two units on Kroom money Moneyline at plus 245.
0: Yeah. I mean, a big thing for me here on these short-notice guys is that they are, especially Kroom is physically quite a bit bigger than Kelleher. Um, I know that because of the short-notice nature, that's how these matchups happen. But Kelleher is a fine jiu-jitsu artist. Um, there's nothing about him that makes me think that he's a really good takedown artist or wrestler. Um, Kroom is long, he's gonna be able to s- just hang out, strike from a distance. Um, like Will was saying, Kelleher is, is very much a lead with the front of his forehead type of fighter. Um, just don't think that ends well here for for him especially against, I mean Kroom has 34 fights. Now granted he's only 121 of them but that being said, he's still a veteran. He's been around. It's not one of those things where Kelleher normally in the octagon has that veteran advantage. He's not going to have that here. Um, and, and at the end of the day, size wins a lot of fights. Um, I think Kroom here, just with his size advantage, should put him way better than a plus 240 mm-hmm. underdog. Especially now that he weighs 10 pounds heavier. Like, that that part to me is the wild part. Like he's ten pounds heavier and, and he's still under the weight. Like he's not he didn't miss weight. They just bumped him up a division. Kelleher now has all the problems of going through a weight cut that wasn't necessary for the fight. Like mm-hmm. that, going to be hi, more hydrated and be able to strike from five inches farther back. Uh, Two forty is is too much value to pass up there.
1: For sure. Uh, what's the next fight?
0: Uh, the next one is McGee Brahimaj, um, Brahimaj, I'm not really sure if I'm saying his name right. Um, just as any announcer in this sport ever is, but I believe it's Brahimaj, um, has been one of those guys I've circled for. Um, I saw him when he fought on a fight night when it was Santos and Teixeira. Um, he got KO'd by Griffin, but he still looked really good in that process, Um, I think he's a guy that we're going to be hearing about um, in the next couple of years. But I I do really like this fight and his matchup against McGee here.
1: Yeah, so I'm also on that same sort of train here. Um, I think Maj comes in and can clean up here. Court McGee is obviously a UFC veteran. He's 37 years old, has so much time in the octagon. Um, With that time, he's developed... Good skills everywhere it goes. I mean, he can strike, he can wrestle, he can grapple, he can submit you. Um, But father time is catching up to him. I I don't think we're going to get the uh, Glover Teixeira kind of run that out of this 37-year-old. So I think his time is coming to an end. And I think his streak of never being submitted is also going to come to an end here. Um, Brahmaj is... So much younger, so much faster, stronger, more explosive. Um, and from the very first second of a fight, he comes out and is hunting a submission. So, all nine of his wins have been by submission. Eight of those wins came in the first round. Um, so, I, I really do think that this is the kind of send off fight for McGee here. Um, I'm going to take three units on Brahimaj money line at minus 115 and put an additional unit on Brahamaj to win by submission at plus 325.
0: I'm just four units on Brahamaj. Um, I, you know, same boat. McGee's just old. Um, Brahamaj is young. You know, when you you lose to Lima, Brady, and Condit, um, I know he did beat Claudio Silva, um, but, like, that was, you know, his Silva fight was... Was what eight months ago, something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I just there's not a lot to love here for court. Um, he is a UFC veteran, he is one of those guys we do like watching. But you know, Brahamaj is kind of that new young blood, and and you know, his he's fighting out of Fortis, um, which I think is one of the more up and coming gyms if you're not an ATT guy. Like, I just like Brahamaj here to come out, kind of make his statement. Um, I beat an old vet, now give me a younger, more ranked guy moving forward, or at least a guy who's who's closer to that than not. Uh, but, yeah, I'm four units on Brahamaj Moneyline, just, just at minus 115.
1: All right, next up we got Jamie Pickett versus Joseph Holmes. Uh, this is a very interesting fight to me. Uh, it kind of screams that it could be the end of Pickett's short-lived career to me. He came in after winning on Dana White Contender Series, lost two in a row, and then got a nice bounce-back win over Steropoli. But if he loses to another UFC newcomer, I don't think he's going to stay in the um, the company for very long. Um, His big thing is he can throw punches really hard. And if they hit you, it does a lot of damage. But he's hesitant to throw. And I think against a guy like Holmes, that's going to be disastrous. Holmes is just as big, has 80-inch reach. He's the tallest guy in the division. Um, and he's good everywhere the fight can go. He's got great striking. He's super smart about when he throws, what he throws, how he throws it. And he is lethal on the ground. He has five wins by submission. He's on a seven-fight finishing streak. Um So I really do think that if it's not going great on the feet for Holmes, he's just going to be able to initiate a clinch, get it to the ground, and do work there. Um, So I'm putting two units on Holmes to win inside the distance.
0: I like that. It's not a fight, I'm going to bet. I will say this. Joseph Holmes looks kind of like the black version of Sean O'Malley. In the way that he like has wildly colored hair and a weird mustache in his uh, in his ESPN UFC photo, um, I don't really think they're comparable in any other facet of the sport. But he is gonna be a guy that's really fun, and his you know his post fight interview is going to be a must listen to. Um, but uh, part of the reason he's up there is he is going to be a good performer, and um, it is one of those things that. Uh, They like putting a really good fight as the last one of the undercard because sometimes, as we see in this one, the main card fights are not nearly as good. Mm -hmm. Um, Kicking it off with a guy who I know we both think sucks. It's uh, Algio Brito. Um,
1: I'm just going to interject real quick right here. His nickname is Senor Perfecto. And from the moment I learned that, I hated him.
0: That's awful. It's just awful. Um, Aldio is, has a lot of issues in, in his repertoire. I think, um, you know, he, he just doesn't, there's nothing about this fight that I like for him. Um, Brito is going to be undervalued here. I think even as the favorite, he's undervalued just because it's his first fight in the UFC. But, you know, this is a guy who fights out of the same gym as Charles Oliveira and he has a ridiculous resume. Um, we're talking, what, 9-1? and one, uh, Or 12-2-1, excuse me. Um, just has great, you know, he's going to have good jujitsu. He's going to have good everything. You can't really be mad at a guy. Um, and I'm not going to shy away from betting a guy who's new in the UFC, if anything, that's going to make his value more apparent to us here. So I've got him for three units just on the money line. Um, Honestly, if it was a little bit closer to minus 120, it'd be a five-unit play for me. But at minus 140, there's just a lot of juice there. Uh, I don't want to overextend the bankroll on, you know, the <laughs> not even the fifth fight of the night. So it'll just be three for me, but know that I really do like this fight.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm sort of the same way. I don't want to get overextended, but I really do like this spot for Brito. Um, one of the things that stood out to me when I was looking at this In Algeo's first three UFC fights, he's had three fights so far, I should say. He's been taken down 20 times and only has a 55% takedown rate. And that is just not going to cut it against a guy like Brito. Um, Sounded like I called him Burrito and now I'm hungry. But (laughs) Um, I really do think that this is another situation where if it's not going Burrito's way on the feet he's going to be able to just start shooting relentlessly um, and start working ground and pound jiu-jitsu and he's very very powerful in both styles he can put you out with his hands he can end it with an elbow Um, i just think he has a lot more opportunity to end the fight than algeo does so I'm going one unit on Brito to win inside the distance at plus 250. Yeah, and
0: also in my book, I mean, if I'm going to take one of Oliveira's sparring partners, I'm going to feel pretty confident about it. Like, uh, that dude has put away some beast of names in the last six months. Um, I'm done doubting him. Uh, I I will admit I was a detractor early. I'm, I'm off that train, and if one of his – it's like when, uh, when, when Adesanya's sparring partner came to the UFC and he's just been a stud. Um, I'm not going to not. I'm not going to make that mistake twice. Um, now, this next fight is pretty interesting. Uh, it's another guy that we both think sucks,
1: and it's uh, Bush. <laughs> Everybody says, oh, Dakota Bush is a well-rounded fighter. No, he sucks. He doesn't throw punches. He's not accurate. His strike, he gets punched two times more per minute than he lands. Uh, He's less than 50% accurate. He lands 16% of takedown attempts. There's just nothing about his game that makes me excited or think, oh man, Bush could actually win a fight. No, he's gonna be out of the UFC in four more fights. Promise you. And I'm also passionate about this because Borshev's nickname, hysterical. He goes by Slava Claws. He trains in Team Alpha Male. He's a former kickboxer, so he keeps his distance very well. He mixes in kicks uh, to the head and body very well. He throws at a ridiculous pace. He's super accurate. One thing that I don't like about his game, he's not good at grappling yet. Because he made the transition from kickboxing... He's not figured out how to wrestle yet. He doesn't have good takedown defense. But I don't know if that's the biggest issue against Bush in this fight. You know, It's not a huge test of this is an excellent grappler that you're going against. Um,
0: Unfortunately for Bush, in order to complete a takedown, you have to risk getting punched in the face.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be a huge problem. And because... Borshev is a kickboxer he like he loves to snap that front kick up as you're closing the distance or shooting in on him and I I just think that Bush is in for a rough night I think Borshev is going to have his way with him
0: yeah it's uh it's definitely really interesting to see some of the the betting odds split down here um Borshev has a I think he only has about 35 percent of the tickets but he's got about 68% of the money on him. So a lot of differential there in terms of the people who can bet $10,000 are betting on Borschev. Um That normally is an indicator of, of people who are successful at this choose the right guy to back in spots like these, and, and I'm completely on that train. He was uh, Originally, Borschev opened up closer to minus 140. Um, he's now been bet all the way up to minus 190, and I think that is still low on him.
1: Uh, what are you taking here, Will? I'm doing two units on Borschev to win by knockout at plus 115.
0: I'm also on that one. Um, I don't love, you know, if we had done this earlier in the week and gotten the minus 140, I'd be all over that 10 minutes to Sunday. I
1: for sure would have taken that too, but I I just think that this is the best value we're going to find in that fight. It's
0: also tough now
1: because
0: UFC is a tough sport to get that early action in on because you have to look at the guy on the scale. Um, you know, Figueredo Moreno is the, is the fight that really springs to mind when that happened last. So, um, sucks that we missed that, but still think that he's going to just destroy Mr. Bush here. Um, only women's fight in the main card next.
1: Yeah. So we can keep this one real short. Um, Chukagian Maya rematch. They fought back in 2019 and Chukagian embarrassed her. It was pitiful. Uh, She looked so much bigger, so much stronger, so much faster. And Maya has done nothing to make me think that that's going to be any different in this fight. I think that Chukagian is going to be able to keep her distance again. She's going to be able to pick her spots and just piece her up on the feet. Um, If Maya does manage to get it to the ground, it's going to be for one round, one round only. She's not going to get a finish. Um, I, I really do see this playing out exactly like their first fight went. Um, So I'm doing three units on Chukagian to win by unanimous decision at plus 110.
0: Yeah, I've got Chukagian by decision, or unanimous decision as well, three units. Big thing for me here is is mostly just won the rematch. If you have a rematch and it wasn't close, tend to bet that side of things. One of the other things also is that Chukagian, since her loss to Shevchenko, uh, Valentina that is, has beat the other Shevchenko. Lost on a free KO to Andrage, um, and then pre- routed her next two opponents. She's a decision fighter, that's how she's always been. Um, one of those girls that is more of a boxer kicker than uh, like boxing and then kicks. Um, not really if Maya does get it to the ground, congrats, she's not going to get a finish and uh, she's going to gas herself. Chukagian. Uh, by decision here and I think it's it's one of my most confident plays of the night
1: mm-hmm. alright next fight this one's gonna be a fun fight it's the Royval Bonturin um, two super super high level jujitsu guys love their submission game um, but I think that if it does go to the ground they could kind of nullify each other's grappling game um, so I think we're gonna see a little more on the feet than we normally do from these two Uh, And I I personally feel like that's going to favor Bontarine more. He's much more compact. He doesn't get overextended, doesn't lunge in on shots. And he picks his punches very well. He doesn't throw almost at all. um, But when he does throw, he throws big, powerful combinations that hurt real bad. Um, I I don't want to risk a lot of money on this fight. Because they are both so dangerous anywhere the fight can take them. So I'm just going to do one unit on Bonterine money Moneyline at plus 140.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm two units on him at that price. I just, I will say this about Bontarine. I really like him. Um, I think part of this fight is honestly that Roy Vall has a pretty good Twitter following. Um, and I know that sounds dumb, but like people know who he is. And when they see names that they know, they just tend to bet them. Um, whether or not it makes sense, um, as evidenced by, you know, people betting Cormier in those steep A fights. Like, it's just one of those things where, uh, it happens. Um, the height disadvantage is probably the thing that scares me the most, but it's also nullified by them basically having the same reach. Um, I just like Bontarine here in the sense that this fight to me screams pick 'em. If I'm going to take a pick-em fight, I like taking the dog, especially if I can get him plus 140 or greater. Um, I'm getting that here. I'm not going to he- hedge out. Um, if 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 the odds makers have set this fight at that price, I w- also, a lot of the times, um, Bontarine starts pretty well early. So it could definitely be one of those nice opportunities where after the first round, the odds have completely flipped. We bet the same thing on the other side, and just you know, take our pretty much one unit of profit to the bank and and leave it at that because it is a pick 'em. Um, but if you're gonna take a pick 'em, take the dog. <laughs> uh, but I completely agree. I think I think it is one of those fights where um, uh, them both being so good at jujitsu means there's absolutely no grappling. Mm-hmm. We see it every once in a while, and especially at the lighter weights because. Um, Early and stuff, and they know that if they give up a position, uh, you know they're not sweaty enough yet to slip slip out of it. So that might we might not see anything on the ground until possibly the third round. I think.
1: All right, Co Main somehow is Jake Collier versus Chase Sherman, and this sucks. Such a bad fight. Jake Collier is UFC record. It's four and five. He started his career as a middleweight and has consistently and progressively gotten fatter and fatter and refuses to lose weight. He has gained 80 pounds since joining the UFC. He has not knocked anybody out in years. Um, But Chase Sherman is also not good. He is tough. He can throw a good leg kick and he punches hard. But I'm pretty sure there's, like, a magnet for his opponent's fists embedded in his nose because he eats so much. (laughs) He takes, like, 700 shots to the head. Looks like Calvin Cater after the Max Holloway fight every single time he fights. Um, But it'll also be kind of fun to watch because when you get the two shitty heavyweights, they're just going to go out and they're going to throw. They're going to tire themselves out. Somebody's going to get knocked out. And... Sherman has won 14 of his 15 fights by knockout. You got to back the guy that has the power to actually put somebody out.
0: Yeah, kind of along those same lines. I will say this. UNC in South Carolina about a month ago played in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. This is the second coming of that. <laughs> Both of these guys look like tubs of mayonnaise. Um, Sherman's just the better fighter here. He's the more natural heavyweight due to his size. Um I, Collier looks fat, and I, I know that sounds dumb, but, like, Sherman wears his weight quite a bit better, um, you know, and I'm going to back his leg kicking abilities. I just don't think Collier has the ability to punch him in the face very well, um, so I'm going to back Sherman. Better leg kick, uh, you know, better punching. It just, he's going to be the better fighter. It's probably going to be a clusterfuck, but we'll go with that. I'm going to go Sherman Moneyline. Um, got that at plus 115 and then I'm going to, that's for three units. going to take him by KO plus 275 for two units. Um, think there's a lot of value on him here. I'm not sure why there's Collier is getting a lot, is the favorite here. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, like this is a guy who got KO'd in 45 seconds to Tom Aspinall. Like this is not, he is not good. He's just not good. And so there's no reason to shy away from something I think is mispriced. Um, you know, Sherman's catching a lot of flack because he lost in two unanimous decisions recently. He still fought very well in those. Um, especially in the Olovsky fight, he showed, he showed pretty good poise. Like, again, I'm not saying he's good. He will never challenge for a belt. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that Collier is god-fucking-awful. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm putting two units on the knockout. Um, I was considering going more, but that's where the money is coming from to put on the Bontarine and the other one-unit fights. Yeah. So, main event time. Got Shikaze versus Cater. and I love Giga. He's one of my favorite fighters on the roster. Um, so there is a little bit of bias here, but one of the things that just stands out to me is Calvin's one of those guys that just walks you down in a straight line and just doesn't stop coming. You saw it in the Max Holloway fight. He took 300 punches to the face and never stopped coming. He cannot do that against Giga. With the way that Giga moves, he kicks, he rotates, he'll initiate a clinch and then back out and look for a kick. Um, I I just think that one of those kicks is going to land flush and it's going to be devastating. I, I just don't think there's any way that Calvin can take that much damage again, like he did against Max. I think that fight took years off of his career. Yeah. What's your take on it?
0: I always like betting against fighters who just got destroyed. Um, not in the sense that I like it, of like, it's fun for me, but in the sense that it's almost always incredibly profitable. Um, you know, the Diaz brothers have made me a bunch of money um, after they just got pummeled, uh, you know, betting against them. Robbie Lawler's another name that comes to mind after his initial run. Um, you know, once he started getting pieced up, it, it became a lot easier. And you see it, you know, you just get punch drunk. Calvin Cater took three fights worth of damage from Max Holloway. It's unfortunate that Max doesn't have KO power because I think he would honestly go down as one of – he's already in, you know, one of the best of all time. But I, I seriously think he'd be in, in GOAT conversation if he just had any sort of power. No doubt. Um, it's unfortunate that he doesn't. And I. It, it's dumb that that's a negative on him. Um, but, you know, he loses two split decisions in Abu Dhabi – against Volkanovski, where the president of the UFC is sitting there saying, ah, he should not have lost that. Um, so, you know, eh, but I digress. Like, Cater has just had years taken off his career there. You got to think that he's got still got a bunch of scar tissue from that fight. He's actually coming back significantly earlier than I expected him mm-hmm. to. Uh, Giga is not a name that I would have drawn for him anyway. Just with his KO power and the kicks and how he fights. Uh, you know, respect to Calvin. He's one of those guys that wants to go out on his shield. Giga's going to give him that opportunity. Um, I'm just going to cover this because the money line odds are icky. But I'm going to go Giga by decision plus 250 for two units. And then I'm going to go... Giga inside the distance plus 105 for two units nice little arbitrage there if Calvin gets the win I'll be very happy for him that'll it will it will be one of those I will be more than happy to lose four units for Calvin cater to win um, I just don't think it's possible I think Giga is you know a very very dangerous fighter and it's why he struggled to find an opponent recently the other thing is you know, we only have a couple of rules here at uh, you know at Parmesan Picks and EFS. Um, a couple of those rules are always bet the hot women fighters because they're doing it because they actually like fighting, not because they have to.
1: Unless her name is Paige Van Zandt, that uh, she sucks.
0: Yeah. yeah, Paige Van. Yeah, unless they go a bare knuckle. Um, the other rule is always bet the Georgians. Um, I will probably when the, when that inevitable Georgian heavy card comes up, have a nice little Georgian parlay. Um, And the other one is fade the old guys. And so I think we're doing that all on this card here. We're betting a Georgian, we're fading an old guy, and we're fading the hotter of 2K versus Maya, which granted is, you know, a 3 versus a 2, but hey, we're here, baby.
1: <laughs> Hate that you said that.
0: Hey, man, just, I'm just saying. It happens. But yeah, I, you know, I. The liver kick is also something that I think Giga is just going to abuse cater cater's hands ride really high um, and so the kicking of Giga is is something that I think is going to be on display here
1: yeah, and you can be the toughest SOB in the world, take one of those kicks and crumple to the floor. yeah you know you saw him do it to Cub Swanson, who is one of the tougher guys in the UFC and has been for years yeah, and he crumpled. I I just think it's too open for Giga in this fight. Um, but granted, Calvin is one of the better strikers in the division. It's just there really aren't many strikers like Giga in the world right now. You know, you have the good boxers like Max Holloway, but you don't have outstanding kickboxers that will punish you if you're an inch too far to the right. Honestly,
0: his comp is probably Valentina and I don't yeah. I, like I, obviously it's different but like the, the similar the kicking is just so dominant for, there aren't a lot of dominant kickers and his kicking is so dominant it, it's, tough to, it's tough to find a comp for him and that's the other thing right like not only did Calvin have to recoup from that max fight but he there, you just can't get a good look at Giga like you, there's not anyone that you can put in your camp in the ring to have a, a good enough look um, to mimic him. So, I think... I would expect the first round here to be very feel outish. Um, You know, not a lot of shit thrown uh, from Cater's corner. I think Giga's going to try and pounce early. He does have good conditioning. That being said, though, the one thing that you will put in Calvin's corner is uh, the conditioning. He's gone five rounds before. He knows how to do it. Granted, he was out on his feet for two of them. But, like... He has done it before. He's fought for 25 minutes. Um, it's why that price on Giga to to win by decision is so high. Just because you we you know when you get into the championship rounds, it's really when you find out about fighters.
1: That's all we got. <laughs>
0: yep, we will catch y'all next week. Uh, be sure to come back and and look at that one because that's going to be a great card. Uh, Gone in Ganu. Just that's in Ganu versus Gone is probably the way we need to say that, but. Um, We will go ahead and break that down starting next week. Uh, Happy trails to y'all, and let's make some money this one.